Welcome to How To Medieval, the how-to where two guys show you how to do it between the two of them. My name is Ari. And I'm Matt. And today is the first episode of the new year. Welcome to 2022 here on How To Medieval. And today we are Woo! going to talk about everything we liked from the last year and everything we're looking forward to in this year. Matt, we made it another year. We survived. We survived. And we, we survived more you and i survived more than a full year of recording that's true we passed, and we passed the one year mark uh, we last month year mark, and we we kept the regular schedule like we are trucking along it's like we're professional adults who can maintain our <laughs> commitments or something or something <laughs> it's, i think it's all the coffee that's what did it yeah exactly exactly so 2021 that's over we're it on is. to 2022. I can't even believe we're we're here. Really, it, it, I'm I'm still stuck in like March of like uh 2022 here, so or 2020 2020. <laughs> I don't even know when I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah, the time loop, the time warp. That well, you know, the thing is that one of those. So we, all the lockdowns and stuff, and and how things have dragged on for so long, definitely made people feel like they were in limbo. But what's even more, more creates that sense of like what time is it really, is that as things start to open up a little bit, uh, we start getting these small tastes of what life was like a couple years ago, and so that creates this kind of, kind of bookends that the pandemic locked down complete total separation in such a way that like, it feels almost like we're back a couple years ago. Not that everything else didn't happen, but everything else was so removed from what is normal for our pattern of of memory in from everything up to the 2019 it's it's uh definitely a, an interesting feeling i remember feeling that at days of nights like a little bit of vertigo like was talking about things that felt like they had to have been last year because we just hadn't you know we would have just had an event the year before and they're years ago you know that's that's kind of a disorienting feeling sometimes yeah i, I fully under, understand and get that it's like I haven't been to my big event in, well, well, two years now because they canceled it two years in a row. Even though they could have had it last year, they canceled it just for, for safety's sake because we weren't quite there yet. It happens in June. And it would have been June of 2021. So we weren't quite there yet. But yeah, so it feels like it was forever ago and it's crazy. Oh, uh so, but that doesn't mean that things didn't happen at all this last year. A lot of good stuff happened this year, and that's what we're going to start with. We're going to start with 10 things we really liked about 2021. And then when we get all, uh, on the other end of that, we'll talk about what we're looking forward to in 2022. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, I've been looking through things, trying to, to remember some of the, the good that happened, because there was a lot of good that happened. I think my... Well, I... To toot my own horn here, the number number one thing for me that happened in 2021 for me is we did the first, um, we had the Art of the Sword conference, and that was great back in February 2021. It feels like it was so long ago, but it was a lot of fun, and I, I can't wait to, uh, we're gearing up to, to do it again, so it's going to be, going to be great, and I really enjoyed last year so much, just so many great people came and talked, and you know. Uh, 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 Peter Johnson, Peter Lyon, Todd, uh, Todashini of Todd stuff, uh, Brittany Reeve, she's actually coming back for this year's, and uh, Justin O'Coin, and 
yeah, it was just such a great, great experience. That's probably that's probably the number one highlight highlight for me of 2021. Were we doing these in ascending or descending order? I don't know. Uh, I should I ask. I certainly hope we're not trying to do it chronologically because I'm going to go stream <laughs> of consciousness here and just talk about the things I remember as I remember them. Oh, exactly. I mean, that's what I meant. Was like, are we going from like our number one thing that we liked, or down to the oh. least one, or are we going from the least one up to the one? Because I, I just jumped in both feet. For I do that though. I jump nope, in both just, feet. For, we're gonna do them as we remember them, folks. Because going back and trying to cut the episode apart and put it back together in rank order, or try and remember it in real time, is just not something I'm interested in doing right now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we will do it extemporaneously because it's more organic that way right i mean what we people yeah. want is genuine visceral cult content that's that's what i've decided so, so yeah so i mean that's <laughs> that's probably that's 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 the first one that comes to mind for me is is, is doing the, doing the conference because that was probably the biggest thing and it just has stuck in my mind well and i've also been working on putting the second one together so it's been uh, uh right at the forefront of my mind but this next one's all about armor instead of swords, though, right? That's right. This one's all about armor. It's called the Art of Armor, and man, we got we got a lot of great stuff lined up for that too. But I actually went back and listened to our episode, the recap of the Art of the Sword, so I could remember. I'm like, what are you asked me? What are some of the things I would do differently or change? And I'm like, and I don't remember what I said, so I had to go back. Yeah, now's the time to put those into practice. Exactly, exactly. So I had to go back and. <laughs> listen to that which was a good episode kudos to us good job guys good job. we're patting ourselves on on the backs <laughs> how about you what's the first what's the first thing that comes to mind for you so the first thing that comes to mind for me as well as something that is on my mind because we're reprising it right about now is the coming up with the saint nipolis secret santa i it last oh, year yeah. it was a spur of the moment thing i like shotgunned it out and it, it went off pretty well, and so I brought it back with a little more pre-planning this year. And it's still going on as we record. Uh, people are probably, the packages are currently flying through the air at each other. But I am really proud that people actually asked if it was coming back this year before I had contemplated whether or not I wanted it to be a recurring thing. And I brought it back, uh, you know, partially because I like... I liked what happened the year before, but also I like to say by popular demand, because at least a few of the people who participated last year asked for it to come back. And so that's one of my favorite things about last year. And I think it's probably going to rank up there with one of my favorite things of this year. Hopefully by the time this episode comes out, people will be, will be able to start sharing pictures of the things that they got from each other all across the country. And one person from Canada are participating this year. And we've, I think we have two or three more people than we did last year. I think it was five last year and it's seven this year. So it's a, it's a nice little way to, you know, I, I say, you know, I keep saying we need to hold on to some of the good things that we got out of being forced to go all digital. And this is one of those things that I want to see if we can keep going forward with and, and don't, don't lose those friendships and those connections we've built across geography and still have that kind of tangible digital community at least pieces of it, the pieces of it that worked. So that would be my, the next one I was thinking about is that happened last year and it, it's currently actively happening again this year. Yeah, it was a lot of fun last year. I enjoyed taking part of it and got some really nice little medieval tchotchkes for Christmas. It was nice. It was nice because people didn't just go, oh, here's something and 
sent it, they actually looked into who they got it for and got things to sort of, at least on my, on my end, they got things to actually sort of match their interpretation. Uh, so I got things that would have been relative to like a, you know, 15th century, early 15th century English uh, man at arms or archer. So it was really, it was really nice to see that thought and that sort of just care go into a, a gift giving to a stranger. So it was a, a great, great idea, Ari, and it was great to get out there and um, do it and, and, and have somebody think of me and send it. This year, actually, I tried to to help enable that a little more. That was one of the improvements I made was that I share, I had people share as much as I could get them to three kind of like umbrella bullet points about their reenactment interests and persona or how, however they wanted to spin it, which gave the other person, the, the anonymous gifter, kind of a sense of what to look for. And anyone who had a social, a public style social media platform, I tried to share those. And I didn't like dox people and throw their personal accounts around, but anyone who had a, a semi-public pro, uh, profile somewhere online, I tried to make sure to share that to give people, so they don't have to do nearly as much research hunting people down to be able to do just what you were talking about. And it was great last year you, you worked, did you get to the sort of agreements from the businesses again this year? Or I didn't I, do I, anything with no. the businesses this year. It was actually really, I, it was cool, but it was also really cumbersome and I was surprised at, and maybe it's just because I, I expect businesses to have more tools than they necessarily have access to, but I found it to be a lot of struggle to figure out how to provide a discount of some sort. Uh, across different platforms i i assumed that being able to put in a percentage code or a coupon code or a take five dollar off code is like was a basic boilerplate feature of most online merchant platforms like whomever you whoever you're doing your merchanting through like if you have a secure platform i assume that was that was an easy thing to implement but it seemed to be really difficult to implement so i took that out of it also i i don't think i got nearly as much uh, I didn't drive as much traffic as some of the people who were involved were expecting me to. I thought that I might get 15 or 20 people, and thus I would, each each of the participating businesses might have gotten, you know, five assured sales at a partnership. And I wasn't able to provide that last year, and I wasn't confident that I'd be able to provide that again this year. And so I put that in my back pocket, and if the if the the event gets big enough where we consistently have 20 or 30 people and I can really make it worth a business's time and effort, I might circle back to that. But I mean, especially these small business guys have only so much time when they're, they can devote to this because they're also spending the time like making the clothes and things that it just wasn't, it wasn't what they needed yet. So we'll come back to it. Well, it's good to learn that now instead of trying to uh, sort of take the energy to mm -hmm. trying to pursue it. So good lesson learned. Yeah, absolutely. And I, again, in, in the, when it really boils down to it, the idea was to, to help funnel money to businesses that need it. And until I can genuinely drive a legitimate amount of traffic, it's a lot of, we're putting a lot of work on these people to, to make one sale. And I, it's, just, it's not fair to them to, to get everybody else worked up and then maybe get no one to buy from them in the first place. So. I want to make sure that I'm doing them right before I come back to that concept. Good plan. Good plan. Oh, what do I got next? Um, oh, I'm really looking forward to see 
friend of mine, well, one of the, I already just mentioned his name, uh, Justin uh, Alcoin, just started his own business in Boston. And it's a, it's a HEMA, it's a, it's a fight school, basically, a fencing school. And I, I'm looking for, I'm looking for the name of it so I can, can tell you all. It's a Boston Acad Academy de Arms. So it's a Renaissance uh, fight school that he has created in Boston. I'm really, I love what he's been doing. He started this last year, he started this in 2021. And it's been great seeing what he's been doing. He hasn't been able to grow as fast because of, you know, COVID restrictions. So he hasn't been able to do quite as many in-person lessons as he wants to, but I'm really looking forward to in 2022. I guess, I guess this is a twofer for me. This is a, I loved seeing it happen in 2021. Uh, he does a lot of great um, interpretation of actual fight manuals from the air, from the different eras. So he, he, he's really good at interpreting what's going on and teaching people how to, follow through and, and execute the moves that are being shown in the books. And it was great to see him start that in 2021. And I can't wait to see how he can grow it and keep going in um, 2022. Maybe you can do some earlier stuff, Justin, earlier, like I-33 stuff. Yeah, maybe we can do that. Justin, if you listen, wink, wink, call nudge, me. Nudge. Wink, wink, nudge, judge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like I-33 stuff. And I, you know, it's, it is the manual itself is older, but we have a lot of a lot of reason to be confident that it was being used well into our period. So knowing I-33 is really useful, especially when we're doing those uh, middle, middle status impressions who may more reasonably carry something like a sword and buckler well into the early 15th century. I'm pretty sure that a lot of these systems, and, and I have a very, only a very limited knowledge of the systems. I, I haven't studied a lot of the... Um, historical European martial arts. But I have an idea in the back of my head that they built upon each other mm -hmm. as, as they age. So I-33 is one of the earliest, so Fiore probably took some things from that and built upon it to create his own thing, and then whoever came next took that and built upon that, and they, they all sort of take and pull from each other, and then you get into the sort of golden age of the fetch book or the manuals of, you know, everybody doing like Fiore, Lichtenauer, uh, the Meyer, I think there's another one. They're all out there, but they all sort of take from one another and, and try to create their own thing and expand. So I'm sure that I-33 connects in there somewhere and having it as a base knowledge will, would help you overall. I just think it's neat. I'd like to give it a try. I mean, it, I, I, I'd probably, I feel more comfortable doing that sword and little buckler moves than I do trying to do full on like Lichtenauer fencing or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, I, so this is going way off into speculation territory and I, I get that I'm, I'm not your ultimate HEMA master, perfect study kind of guy. I, I'm a recreational hemaist, I guess you call it. But I have always assumed or gotten the feeling that martial arts tend to hit an equilibrium. And I, and I derive this from having done a little bit of Eastern martial arts. I did some Kenpo and karate as a kid. 
and I've done Pima stuff through this hobby and also through work. I've done everything from BJJ to uh, Force Science Institute version Krav Maga, and I'm talking about like Gracie BJJ, not the your tournament fighting BJJ, uh, the LEO stuff. And it it all there's a point at which things kind of become variations on the same thing. Like what you're saying, like, I'm just going to build on something that, but the basic core principle is the same. I mean, Mac P, Lines, Krav Maga, I mean, a lot of these, even like down to spear systems are really centered around the same general moves. And we see this even from like, uh, you know, the Eastern sword work with Katana to Longsword where the stances are fairly similar with very, you're talking about nuance and preference level of D differences in blade position and, and angle and such like that. So I suspect a lot of Western martial arts, when it comes to fighting with swords against people in armor, probably hit a fairly robust equilibrium by the, by the 15th century, uh, into the 16th century. And then we had to figure it all out all over again once we switched to like saber combat and small sword and things like that. Those are all clearly new because they had a new environment with which they had to defeat their opponent but i suspect that most of what you know in uh you know earlier i33 or or even earlier versions of longsword technique are probably fairly consistent through through the later periods and it's only at the master level when you're trying to fight out of the masters that you really get down to that nitty gritty where everything, even down to like where you put your pinky, really matters. But for the Joe Schmo on the who's fighting to save their life and go home to the farm, I think most of it probably all looked about the same for a couple hundred years. Yeah. No, I was gonna say. So, what's your next thing? Uh, it, you reminded me of you know, talking about a uh, a creator that came out of the sh the the shadows and has has been putting stuff out that people people really like. You've got the you're talking about a, a new sword studio. I really like coming out of 2021 i think he started in 2021 it, or at least he started posting regularly in 2021 is zach evans and all his stuff about jousters and jousting and i find that that's a really it's a really valuable niche that he's been able to fill on youtube that i you know there's lots of hemo folk out there there's lots of browned armor folk out there there's a lot of generic history guys out there but He's really the one, him and Iron Coats are probably the only ones who do much in the way of talking about what it's like to be in a saddle in armor and poking each other with very long, long sticks. And so I've really enjoyed seeing the rise of his content, which is, has really only been about the last year. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's been about 2021. So it, when he started, he does have some interesting point of views. But man, we, gotta, we all got to chip together and see if we can get him a better backdrop for taping. <laughs> maybe buy a May backdrop. <laughs> buy a May backdrop. Because I know he, I know he's just taping it from his flat wherever he lives in the yeah, UK. Yeah. But it's like, I know, I know, we're we're not much better. <laughs> <laughs> Say we from our living rooms. Exactly. I'm in. I'm in my library. Thing. Oh, I like to call this desk the study. So. Oh. <laughs> um. So. Something I found that I really enjoy, like again, going back to Instagram, is Instagram user Miss Joss. Oh, she's great. She is great. She's so funny. She's, she's from um, Sweden, I think. I don't know. I've, I've never stalked her. I just like the stuff she puts in her stories. 
she does some great great stuff in her in her stories uh she does a really good job of um yeah she's from sweden she has a really good job of doing the history with sort of comedy in some of in some of her stories with with video little videos she puts out she's she very levity is what i would describe yeah levity's a good job. and she does a really just her impressions are fantastic for all a bunch of different eras um you know women female impressions and she of course she's making all of her clothes and everything but she does just an excellent job in her content and her videos and gorgeous clothing that she makes and it helps i guess she's her partner is a uh, a professional photographer i think so that helps That's her handy. get the really the really good <laughs> The good shots, and, and then she doesn't have to hold her own camera. That's always the hardest part. It takes six times as long when you have to handle your own camera. Oh, God, I, I like hang mine out of trees half the time. <laughs> I'm hanging my cell phone out of a tree and just to get the right shot. But I mean, she does, she has a Viking impression. She has a uh, sort of 16th century German and then European medieval through all different eras. And it, so she just does a really great job, and I love seeing what she puts out and what she talks about in her in her videos. Because, like I said, she does she mixes that inform that information with levity. It's like edutainment, I guess you could call it. So check out uh, on Instagram. Check out Miss Joss. She's really, really, really good. Yeah, and I'll make sure that all of the anyone we reference is put down in the show notes. We'll just uh, the blanket statement that we'll reference everyone in the show notes if you want to be able to link out to who who we're talking about. So yeah, yeah, Miss Joss is great. Uh, there's a, there's a couple really fantastic uh, Instagram-based creators out there who are are very medievally oriented. We could probably do a whole episode on the Instagram culture versus Facebook culture when it comes to the people who are putting out medieval content. So, mm. yeah, that's true because there are it's a lot of them are over on on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, for my thing in 2021, um, I'm not going to say DOK because obviously we're all we all know how excited I was to be able to go back out to DOK. However, I do have a very exciting thing that I'm proud of from 2021 that is DOK adjacent, and that is I actually made a thing, and we all know how what that anyone who's listened to the show long enough knows that for when I make a thing like that's a that's a monumental occasion. So I and I it, actually it didn't explode. It didn't. Well, luckily, it didn't have anything <laughs> combustible in it, and so, but it didn't fall apart, which I guess is the same general concept. But it was a cloak, and I took an old cloak that I had had for a long period of time that was never a period authentic cloak. But when it was procured, I didn't really know at the time. It was one of those I just hadn't, I hadn't studied cloaks enough to know that Lord of the Rings cloaks with a a hood and a tie at the throat are not historical cloaks and so the, the typical thing you get at a ren fair with the the cool i'm a elf ranger hood and uh and things like that like I, I had one of those for a long period of time and so i cut it down and made it into a, one of those cloaks that button at the shoulder and i mean i had to figure out the pattern which i still i still 100 percent don't understand based on what i see on the paper it shouldn't actually fit the way it does i don't get it this is why i don't sew clothes but I made the buttons and sewed everything down by hand and finished some of the edges that I'd cut. 
Luckily, I didn't have to finish all of it because A, I didn't line it, and B, it was uh, fulled wool, so it, it held its own. But I did a considerable amount of work on it, and I worked really fast and really hard on it to get it ready for DOK because it was one of those like, oh, oh my goodness, I'm going to DOK, and I should probably bring a cloak because last time it was kind of cold and rainy, and I, and I was wishing I had a cloak. So I rush made it in a week, and then DOK was too hot to wear it. But <laughs> oh no <laughs> <laughs> so i put it on for the morning to go to the like to the toilet once and then by the time like i had gotten to the porta potties and back it had already warmed up or i didn't need it anymore but i made it and it's going to be there for the next time i need to be warmer in medieval clothes so that was like a big like well i did it in 21 i, I made a super simple cloak that you know I'm, I'm proud of it it's it's my small my small victories I was, I worked on a lot of hats in 2021, like bicocket type hats, weird hats. Like I made that swan bicocket. That was fun. I like that thing. I'm working on, I'm still working on a hawk one, which the is from an you, earlier. That's a, that's not a hawk bicocket, but a hawk hat. Well, the fact that you didn't make it out of paper mache means that you get to keep the swan hat around. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the, the hawk one, is that the one that's like, actually has like the feathers that you're like cutting into it in layers this one uh, yeah well it's hard um, that's where i'm sort of stalling on it is how i want to do the feathers on it because the the manuscript image looks like they could be painted on they could be anything but it's yeah it's sort of that's what's slowing me down but that's what i'm looking forward to in 2022 finishing that swan that that uh the hawk hat <laughs> yeah there you go so so one of your favorite things of 2021 was making all these hats, and now one of your big things in 2022 is going to be making some more hats, yeah? That's right, yeah. <laughs> talk, you talk about cloaks and how the, the hooded cloak with a tie in the throat isn't really... Well, I, I found there is, for lack of better words, you know, a poncho. What we know, what we know of a poncho, of basically that square of, le that square of fabric with a slit cut in it and a hood attached to it is actually medieval oh there are yeah it goes back they're called like a um like i think they're called a garage or garage or something like that and yeah it's they've got a hood and they they they're just a square of fabric with a slit at the top and you time around the waist they weren't for they're they weren't for the upper class they were they're mostly depicted in lower as lower class depictions but i still kind of want one because it like they look they look like great foul weather gear yeah that sounds i mean that's exactly what a poncho is for but if you if you're not careful with all these hats someone's going to start calling you millen or matt <laughs> oh no not a not an alliterative <laughs> name <laughs> gosh darn i better better do something gloves i'll switch to gloves <laughs> there you go i'd have to look up what what the the fancy term for a maker of gloves is I don't know that one off off the top of my head. Probably something probably something mundane like Glover. <laughs> which doesn't alliterate at all. Donald you can call me Donald Glover? No wait no. Hold on now. So he's on Instagram too. His name is I can't pronounce this because it's like French, but it's like Plic Bajorie Roju. So it's P L I K B A J O R I S underscore R O J U S. This kid, I don't even know how old he is, but he, I mean, he's a kid. He's like, he's like a either probably junior high, maybe 
he's probably 12 or 13, maybe 14. I'm, I'm sorry, man, if, if I'm getting your age way too young, but he is amazing. He is put together like 13th century, like footman kits or early 14th century footman kits. Mm -hmm. And he's doing this himself. He is making this stuff himself. And it's fantastic. He's done a fantastic job. And he does sort of, he does his own like manuscript type artwork that he draws. And he's really talented. And I can't wait to see something for to look forward to in 2022. I can't wait to see how this kid grows and continues with this because I mean, this is, I mean, he's like the future reenactment guys. And he's absolutely killing it out there. That's exciting. And, You're going to have to send me uh, a link because that was a lot of letters all at once for putting yeah. it down in the description. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make but, sure there's a link anyway to be able to click over to his stuff. I I uh I think I now that you describe like his content, I know who you're talking about. I've seen his stuff on Instagram as well and it's very impressive. It's like he did it so he just did some massive hike for um they walked over 45 miles in two days wearing their their period kit and armor. And it was during the summer when they did this, so it was, it was hot over there. And oh, it was, a, it was a charity challenge for the uh, some historical charity they do. But it was just it's I mean, it's amazing to see this this kid coming up and doing this because he's just he's doing a better job than a lot of adults do. And he's doing it all his self and I'm, I'm envious and jealous and just in awe of what this guy this young man is coming up with and i i really can't wait just can't wait to see what else he comes up with because he's doing an excellent job there we go uh, the rising star yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be the next big one the next big reenactor i can tell good so for my if i do my head math correct i think i'm on five this would be my fifth and so the last one's going to be another one of those like self-indulgent things in that I got uh, Dr. Monk to make a video about a topic that was specifically effectively like for me. Like obviously other people are going to be able to use this video because it's an important topic, but he made the video for me and that just makes me happy. Uh, it's a, uh, he found three hot and spicy like sauces, flavors, like, um, things you can put on other dishes to, as a supplement for hot sauce. That's one thing that, I, as much as I enjoy medieval cooking, because the flavor profiles are very bold and very different, so it's, it's effectively exotic food. Like, it's new, it's different, it's always kind of interesting, the way medieval food is cooked. But I myself have long since abused my taste buds to complete and utter, uh, you know, incompetence at finding real flavor in things like if it's not hot i can't really taste it anymore <laughs> it's just I, I enough tabasco in the in the army and hot and hot spot and uh, just never getting out of that habit i put hot sauce on on pretty much everything and i'm always eating hot food and I, and so i noticed that a lot of medieval food is is fairly flavorful but not particularly hot and that's probably because they just didn't really have access to things like chilies and so he was able to find some, and they're they're much more peppery than they are chili-ish, because yeah. obviously they, that's what they had access to. They had things like long pepper and, and things like that. And, and you can make things really hot with ginger. You can make things really hot with garlic. And so they have access to, to hot, hot food that 
uh, appeases my brutalized palate. And he was able to find three really good recipes that make up into sauces. And, and it, what I find, what makes me most happy about all of this is that one of the sauces, I mean, I've, I've tried all of them now, but one of the sauces was in the book designed for like putting on goose. And for Thanksgiving, I cooked a goose as instead of a turkey. And so I also made that sauce. And so a video I requested from Dr. Monk, who, I mean, he's like the guy from medieval, like middle English and, and cooking, like he's writing the books on cooking. <laughs> right. Nice. And, you know, he was able to do a video for me. And then I was able to use that to not only make my own Thanksgiving dinner better, but a little more medieval. And so that's like the big, like, it literally transcended all of 2021 from the time that I requested it to the time he made it to Thanksgiving at the end of the year. It was like this big overarching cool thing that kind of circled itself around. So yeah, that's, that's one of my big woohoo from 2021. Cause it like started in early summer when I requested the video and then ended all the way in, in November. And by state, nice. I mean, I'm still going to use these recipes. They're really yummy. That's really cool. That's a, that's really great that you could get that. He could do that for you. And, and, well, that you know, I'll have to look it up because I like hot stuff too. As once I hit, once I hit forty, it's like, oh man, I just all I want is hot stuff. <laughs> I love, I love hot food. Helps helps me feel alive, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you can still feel things, you're still kicking. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every day, it just needs to get a little hotter. <laughs> uh oh. Yeah, I, I, uh, I now the thing is uh, that's. I like hot food, but at the same time, I'm not like a competitively hot eater. Like I don't do like chili competitions and like ghost no, peppers. No. Like, I don't like sprinkle ghost peppers on my hot dogs or anything like things can be too hot, but most of the time things are too mild. I feel like I have this moderate heat requirement, but yeah, that's where I do, go. Do you want know really good to go to go completely off topic? Well, not completely off topic, but completely off medieval topic here. If you like hot stuff, I don't know if they have them down your way, but the McDonald's up here have a spicy chicken, crispy chicken sandwich, and it is it's fantastic. It's it's just hot enough for me that I'm like, oh yeah, yeah this kind of hurts. I want more. <laughs> I don't I don't know about McDonald's. I don't go there much. I only go there like when my ten year old begs enough for McDonald's. Uh, next time you're there, I'm not a huge fan, but they do make spicy chicken sandwiches and spicy nuggets at Wendy's that are uh. just perfect. They're quite spicy try, try have, the spicy try the spicy chicken deluxe at mcdonald's next time next time your 10 year old yeah you. and arby's has a like a jalapeno style hot sandwich it's pretty good too when it comes to the heat so <laughs> yeah <laughs> go through that's right folks if you like spicy food go through the ye old drive throughs <laughs> You know, okay, kind of stay completely off topic here, but have right, you seen right. that picture online? I'll have to go see if I can dig it out. There was a there was a picture of a drive-thru, and there were like three ladies on horses at the window. <laughs> and so yes, I have seen the, that. The, you know, you can still just, just you can go through a drive-thru medieval style. You just have to get up on a horse. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, folks, do it. Yeah. We put the challenge out there. If you try to blame us for this, we will deny any knowledge. <laughs> Yes, if you, uh, yeah, don't go, don't tilt through a drive-thru, like, you don't need to do <laughs> full harness, just, just get a horse, and preferably be in a place like Texas, which is more accommodating of people riding horses everywhere. 
All right. So where were anyway, we? We've each I done. Think, we've, do, I don't know. Have you done five? I think so. I went first, so I should have done. Five, so that would make sense. Yeah. As long as we're on count. So this is 2022 time. What are we planning to do in 2022? So uh, you started the last one. I'll start this one off. Sure. So in 2022, I have new big grand plans for the website. I have reached a Patreon support level where I can start upgrading and getting plugins and really beefing up the, the, the architecture of the website to the point where it can start doing some of these things that I've had plans to do since like 2017. I'm hoping to get a, a full proper calendar up there instead of an embedded Google calendar. And I want, so I can have a better ability to like sort and show events. And I'm looking into some plugins to be able to uh, database the content so that if you, instead of just having lists, like I've got, you know, six different web pages, one's for artisans and one's for, uh, for online creators and one's for this and one's for that, be able to go and have like filters and pick lists. So you can be like, I'm looking for information on this time period and looking for this subject matter. and then it'll be able to show you links to websites or to merchants or to in academic institutions or online repositories of information or specific books, all these things that are in the website somewhere, I'm going to be able to start in the new year. That's my big plan is to be able to pull them all together. Uh, I really want to be able to take the merchant lists. And so someone goes, I need, I want to buy this particular doodad. Like I want, I want a cup and see if I can find a way to, go, okay, well, I can, in the back end, put the keyword cup into merchants that sell cups so that when you can sort the list by people who sell the things you want to buy, and then, of course, continue to make sure that the website only hosts links to resources that are currently active, so no dead pages, and you know people who are trustworthy that have a, a good, good fama in the modern medieval community that they their reputation is sound and you know be able to expand that to people who sell on on facebook in addition to being able, people who sell through online merchants accounts uh, continue to to add more youtubers on there that do great content and things like that so that's the big big plan is to to jump into the the 21st century with my with my resources over on the turnip of terror and so and that that only became possible because i've you know gotten enough support to be able to afford those kinds of upgrades so you know the bigger and better things happen because the community is is interested in supporting my my work which i really appreciate that people sign up on patreon there that's pretty cool nice awesome i'm glad you can do that so that's my big thing for 2022 is going to be my my major project oh man i wish i only had one major project <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what's the big, so the big thing, I already mentioned it, is um, Art Armor coming up in February. Tickets on sale now. Go to historylivenortheast.org. <laughs> um, links in the description. Links in the description. And yeah, it's, I mean, we've got, what a lineup we've, we have. I, mean, uh, I, I don't want to say it's better than last year just because it's, last year was so amazing, but this year it's like we've got, Jess Finley uh, from Kansas. She's a, a, a HEMA. Yeah, she's right down the road from trainer. Yeah, right down the road from you. 
And um, we've got uh, Nina Michaela, known for the Tudor Taylor. Not she, so uh, down the road. Team. Not so down the road. She's in, in England. and But she did that stitching stitches in time episode on the bbc about the black prince's jupon mm-hmm. so she's she's gonna be talking about that uh we've got a street schaefer who did all of or the majority of the display armatures for the art institute of chicago's arms and armor dis, um, display jeff wasson who made who had that great pbs special about the building the breastplate the bulletproof breastplate uh for the art institute of chicago uh, we got Hugo Serrano doing a talk. You know, one of the greatest uh, represe armor maker out there. Uh, we've got, I mean, we've, just got, we've got just so many people. We've got uh, BB Alkaline and Nightmage, who are two cosplayers who do really fantastic armor builds and cosplay, talking about their stuff they do. Yeah, it's just like I said, Brittany Reeve is back with she's doing a panel with Shoshana Shellens and uh, Spencer Waddell uh, about how armor sort of dictates your fighting mindset when you switch between like Bohurt and SCA and HEMA and things like that. So it's it's really just a fantastic, just a fantastic lineup. And we've got sponsors this year, so we're hoping to be able to offer more tickets and it's just going to be really fantastic, and I can't wait to do it. Um, so that's probably that's the that's the number one thing that's right in my mind about this. So it's it's just going to be it's going to be epic. Don't miss it. That's good. That's good. So I guess I do have other projects in mind for 2022. So it's not. I guess I don't have just the one project. But I talk, going back to and hearkening to the whole. I made a cloak thing. I don't. I don't have any interest in springboarding into, oh, I'm going to start being a great masterful crafter. I, I didn't enjoy making the cloak. I'm just kind of happy that I did. Like, I feel <laughs> accomplished, but in the thick of it, I hated every minute of what I was doing. And so I don't want to make any new things. However, there are a couple small projects that I don't loathe. And right now I'm working on putting a little bit of embroidery around the edge of my hood and, you know, some surface couching it's actually not that bad. It's a little, it's a little zen. It makes me feel the same way that I do when I'm like, polishing. I like sitting in front of a buffer and a buffing wheel and, and like polishing small things, big things like armor pieces and such. And I get kind of that kind of zone feeling out of, out of embroidering. And so I want to finish the embroidery project around my hood, which is when I was looking for some of my reference photos, I think I, I started designing this in my head as like two, three years ago. So it's, about time to finish that project. Um, but in general, just being more on top of my projects, because I do have a stack of projects that I know that I have to finish. Like, for instance, I've got a big scrap, a package of, it's, it's literally just a package of, of mail that was intended to be a shirt, or sorry, a, a set of sleeves, which you'll have heard about that experience in our last episode, Caveat Emptor. Uh, if you haven't heard that yet, you know, you'll know where these quote, scrap of, of mail comes from that is a, a garment-like object, but is not necessarily <laughs> useful as a garment. And I want to, like, <laughs> cutting those down into small voiders that I can stitch to the inside of my arming doublet, like, that's not, who am I going to pay to do that? Like, ship all this mail to somebody and then have them do that and then mail it back? Like, as much as I don't really like making mail, a 
you know, small scrap that fits over the inside of my elbow. Like, I know I can do it and I should just do it. I just don't really want to. But small projects like that, which will really help increase the level of my uh, harness or other small parts of my impression that are well within my skill set. I just have to buck up and do them. That's my like my goal, because I kind of I'm kicking myself because there's all this time that we couldn't go to events that I didn't do it. But obviously, at the same time, there was a lot of ambient stress and extra work that went into being on lockdown that I didn't necessarily have the bandwidth to do these things. Uh, and and there was also a baby thrown in there. And I had a baby and yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and I've got I got promoted like twice at work in the last three years. So my schedule keeps changing all the time and what I'm expected to do keeps switching up. And then there's a ton of mental resources that go into learning my, the particulars of my new positions. And so I have lots of reasons why I haven't finished these projects and are they excuses? Are they not? I mean, I, but I'm committed to trying to get some more of these things done in 2022. Cause I feel like I've made some momentum. I've got, you know, I've got thread, I've got things started. I've got, I've got all the all the reason to finish them in the world going forward, and that's my big twenty twenty goal. Folks, you're you're listening to a real time outlet of existential angst from an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, there's also all the other digital projects that I have on uh, on the burner or not on the burner that I want to do too. So, yeah, digital we'll projects. See. Uh, yeah, for 2022, that 2022, that's my goal for digital projects. My my brother-in-law finally convinced me, and I started a TikTok. You did? I, I haven't. I haven't, seen I haven't it put, yet. I haven't put anything else. I haven't put anything on it yet. I haven't put oh, anything well, on it yet. It. It's called um. It's called History Babom. Uh oh. You know, you know, you know, you know, the little walking like the little the little wind up bombs from uh Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, Bomb. Yeah, yeah there's a whole, yeah, so there's a there's a parody song uh, that I I. I jump on a bomb for you. I've never said I've never helped look that one up. But anyway, <laughs> so it's it's a history bomb, and it's basically using TikTok to um, dispel history myths. So I've got some ideas lined up for that. I'm just trying to figure out how big of a jerk I want to be about it <laughs> when I'm doing it. Oh, I'm already following it. I just didn't, you didn't post anything, so I didn't realize what it was. Oh my gosh, you already fo- Well, so what I did was I, I had a TikTok account to get in there to like just watch things, but I just changed the name of it. <laughs> so oh. you might have been following me from the other one. Oh, that must be it. So yeah, I'm a- you already got a following, man. You got to put some videos up there. Yeah, I know. I know. So that, that's my goal <laughs> for, for 2022 is to actually start dispelling myths through TikTok. Because, you know, exciting. what's the best way to learn other than TikTok? <laughs> I mean, you got, you have 10 to, to 10 seconds to three minutes to change hearts and minds. I had an idea for one that it's like, it was just like me popping on there, being like in a kayak or something out in the middle of the water and just being like, being a Viking was a job description, not a uh, ethnicity. Thanks for following History Babomb. See That's you next That's exactly time. what TikTok is for. Things like that. Like, that is the platform for it. I mean, that's that's exactly what the content was made for. The fact that they extended it to three minutes is almost like... It's only because they wanted to complete Pete with YouTube, not because yeah. that's what their platform was designed for. But being able to, like, do 10-second snippets of something is exactly what it was designed for. Though there is... A, I find it interesting there's a big sea shanty culture 
on TikTok, which like blows my mind from the times that I was, you know, did the, the 19th century living history, how many people have no idea what they're singing, but they're enjoying the, the sea shanty stuff. And I always thought it would be great. And it's completely outside of my current aesthetic. If you could get yourself like a 19th century longboat, uh, and then you could do all your sea shanties like on a boat. Like if you're just sitting there like floating on a boat doing your sea shanties, I, I think I would watch that. I, I wouldn't do it mostly because I don't have access to a boat, but, and if I did buy a boat, it would be a medieval boat because I'm just too invested in medieval stuff to do new time periods. I don't like anything else enough. There's gotta be medieval, medieval Mariner songs. Oh, I'm, I'm certain they are. There are, but I don't know what they are. I've never done the research. <laughs> well, there's another goal for 2022. Oh, there we go. Yes, learn, throw that, learn medieval sea shanties. No, throw we, that on the project pile. <laughs> I find it interesting that you're talking about TikTok, though, because I found in 20... Uh, I, I did a lot of, like, a, a big rash of test content in 2021, which was all meant to be a little more lighthearted. So... For the longest time, I've tried to make sure that my content was light and very well-researched, good historical content, because the idea is to teach people stuff. Um, but I'm, I only know what I know in my small corner of what I can do, and the Terrible Terror Project is always really supposed to be a, a community, collaborative, support people who are who know what they're doing better than I do kind of project. It was never meant to just be me as the authority. And so I started to try and do a lot more like community-based, comedy-based, like narrative filmmaking, funny TikToks, memes, uh, both informational memes and, and funny memes and things that kind of inspired a sense of online medieval community more than just necessarily like I'm a font of information. And I really enjoyed doing all that stuff. And it, it kind of, it it slowed down for a bit because I wanted to see, I put a bunch of it out and then I slowed it down again to see kind of what the, the analytics looked like. Is this something that people are actually resonating with? Has, has traffic gone up or down? Are these views on those things better or worse? Just kind of A, B test it. And I found that it actually seems to, the community seems to really like that. So I want to redouble my efforts to both it being a place for exposure for people who really know what they're talking about better than I do and a place where you know we can have an entirely authentically medieval themed content that is entertainment based and it kind of goes back to some of our conversations about like we were reviewing some of these movies that or television shows that are medieval-esque they've got this medieval theme to them but they don't do the authenticity right my my comment has always been you could tell the exact same story and look right like looking wrong doesn't make the story better or worse looking right doesn't necessarily in the in the sense of your average everyday viewer doesn't make it more or less entertaining the the content itself like the story being compelling or the the joke being funny that's that's the real part of it what clothes you dress them up in is sometimes immaterial so then why not do some more authentic narrative fiction and you know lighthearted entertainment and people seem to like it, and so I want to do more of that in 2022. That's just uh, the hard part is that we were talking about filming on your own. Like camera crews are, can be kind of expensive, and so it's a challenge sometimes to get people out there and 
and have a lot of people help out on a big crew project for free or for pizza. So, but we'll see what I, I do. I, I am invested in making more of that authentically medieval themed entertainment that is truly meant to be consumed as entertainment, not as education, because there are other people who do that better than I do. And I'm happy to reshare their work and promote their work and make sure that they get the views they need. Um, and there's things that I know about that I can talk about and will write about, but I want to keep doing this entertainment, uh, community-based content. I like it. I like the sound of it. I'm working on another project. You know about this one, uh, not to surprise you on this one. It, it's slowly putting together a, a long-form podcast, narrative podcast, about the life of Henry V, and sort of using a, a breaking it down as a differentiating between who the real Henry V was and who Shakespeare's Henry V was, because most people know the Shakespeare version. They, they hear Henry V and they're like, oh, once more into the breach or, oh, man, yeah, when he was a prince, he was a real party guy, but then he became king. And it's like, no, not not really. And so putting out this sort of long form podcast that's uh, you know, probably 20 to 25 episodes long and, and breaks it all down different sections of his life so I've been, I've been working on putting that together too but some script writing and things like that but i haven't started recording yet that i'd like to start doing that in um 2022 all right what's your third thing fourth thing third th i think i'm thing. on my fifth i'm not i your fifth yeah all right yeah this would be my fifth so we let's see for 2022 my last one was a big thing so Got all my website stuff got all my tv stuff got all my handiwork stuff that i want to do oh there's uh there are a couple in person now that we can you're talking about investing as much as possible and maintaining the qual high quality digital culture there are a couple in person events that I want to try and put together and explore and see whether or not we can do I've got a site penciled in for one of them and I've talked to you a bit about this but the idea is to do I haven't really had an opportunity to do much in the way of an immersion event and I don't really know of any that are happening and I feel like Going to an immersion event with people you don't know for your very first one is probably rife for, for acrimony and disaster, even if it comes off well. And so my thought process was that if I can organize it, then at least I can, I, I can anticipate all of like the faux pas, and then I can like institute changes instead of just kind of going in and, and hoping that I don't mess up somebody else's event, more or less. And so I want to do that. And then there's uh, some, of our, some of my friends want to do uh, kind of a timeline-y style immersion event where you, know, you have kind of a, a history line of people that come, but the intention isn't to be a timeline event like DOK is for the public, but it's meant to be more of a, a Crossroads style event. There was, a, there was a big event called Crossroads, and it kind of follows that format. And that one's going to be a a little farther east from here, but the one I want to put together, I'm, I'm planning on putting together here in, in Kansas, see if I can reattract some of the... So there was a, a there was a medieval community out here. There was a, a ska group for a while, and it dissolved a, uh, years ago, and most of it moved out towards Kansas City, the people who still play in that part of it. But there was there's a fairly sizable living history community in the area that just kind of... There's kind of loosely associate when things happen and you know sometimes you'll bump into each other at events but like we're all like within 40 minute drive of each other why are we not doing more things together 
So I'd like to see if I might be able to rekindle a little bit of the local medieval people and maybe scalp some people who were interested in medieval before didn't realize that there was something living history alternative to the more medieval-ish activities they've been in in the past. You know, the people who go to Ren Fair and people who went to some of the more generic SDA events. See if maybe we can can bring that community back to life in my local region. So that's that's a 22 pie in the sky, huge headspace kind of idea that I'd like to see once everything thaws out, maybe throw a couple of those things together during spring and summer. Well, that's a sounds really cool. And uh, yeah, you told me a little bit about it and it does sound like a really, really cool idea. Um, that thing, that sort of feeds into what my, my fifth would be, which was hopefully doing some traveling and, and getting to a, an event or two like that. Okay. You're coming down to see you or, you know, uh, Mike Baker's been talking about us about getting us a how to medieval booth at one of the local comic cons. Yes. We meet you guys out in Boston. Yeah. If we can. Boston. We'll see where that goes. Um, maybe one of the SCA events that I'd like to get out to this year, if we can, but also the next thing, you know, also look for 2022 again is our Pilgrim's Progress Challenge. Cause I really like doing that. And I think oh, people have a really good absolutely. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think those are our lists for last year and this year, folks. Those are our probably 10 items from 2021 <laughs> and very likely 10 items for 2022 as we, we, neither one of us has a checklist that we could have used to our advantage here, but yeah, no, that was, these are all our ideas. I like, I like some of the things that you're talking about. There's a lot of the good things to look forward to. Yeah, you too. I, I think there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to happen in 2022, especially if things start, start going a little better. Absolutely. So keep, keep staying healthy so we can keep having fun and we will see all of you guys in 2022 with all of the crazy stuff that not just we're going to be doing, but all the things that you guys are going to end up putting together that we are going to be able to either talk about or showcase or get to, or however it works. I'm very, I'm looking forward to, I think 2022 is looking up. It's going to be a, it's going to be a nice breath of fresh air next year. And if you are also like Ari and I and like spicy foods, this is a horrible tie in. Five stars for spicy foods. Five stars for spicy foods. Ooh, five stars for to fiery us. mouths. There we five, go. What? What? No. Because it alliterates. And that's what's important. Oh. Five stars, fiery Dude, mouth. What is no. it with you and alliteration? It's, alliteration is It's awesome. because it's your name. It's because it's your literally your name. <laughs> <laughs> My name does alliterate. <laughs> well, anyways, go, if you like spicy foods, go give us five stars. And if you like our show, go give us five stars. And if you... If, you like kittens and puppies? Go give us five stars and share it on share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. I, I guess there's no links to Instagram. You can share it there anyway. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll get we'll figure out Instagram. I, someday we should probably do something Instagrammy, except we don't do much visual, so there's not a lot of cause for it. But it's true. Yeah, it's really not our not our platform. But Facebook is if you want to share over there. And of course, this being a podcast, it's on all sorts of different platforms. So make sure that your favorite platform does have have your share, your your stars, or whatever it is. And platform independent, we do have an email address, howtomedieval at gmail.com, T-W-O, spelled all the way out. If you want to send us an email because you don't use any of those other platforms, you're welcome to talk to us there. And if anyone wants to send us in a voice clip or of some sort, we will play that on the show. And then you can kind of come and be a little part of the show, even without having to wake up and record with us. 
And uh, finally, just a special thanks to Paul Butler. Yeah, for letting us use his music as part of our intro. His album is available for purchase, and the link is in the, the show notes below. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, folks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.